I started smiling Cause you were smiling And we're all in this together I'm made of atoms Hi team, as hopefully you all are very aware, the health and safety of our customers and our teams is our uh, number one uh, priority and there are many initiatives as I've talked about in the last couple of weeks that we are rolling out across our business. With that in mind, really been looking at all the social media both from our team uh, and also from our customers and there's so many questions that people have around uh, COVID-19, symptoms, what to do about it. Uh, what forms of uh, hygiene or safety are most applicable. And with that in mind, we asked ourselves the question of how do we best answer them? And they all came back to, uh, to Dr. Norman Swan, who is arguably the preeminent uh, journalist on the topic of, of, uh, of health-related issues. And you've been, uh, I think you were saying, uh, uh, Norman, uh, working on uh, the health report for the ABC since, since 1985. Yeah. So I think I'm going to botch actually any further introductions of yourself. So I wouldn't mind if you wouldn't mind, Norman, just giving a bit of introduction to yourself and, and, and particularly the chronocast. And then perhaps we could just get into a Q&A on some of the questions that are on Absolutely. our team's minds. So, you know, I've, I've trained in medicine and specialised in paediatrics and um, in London and Sydney. So I've been here for quite a while. Then I joined the ABC. And I've, as you say, I've been a health and medical journalist for quite a while. And, um, and when the coronavirus pandemic started, at the ABC, we started this podcast. And it's just a little podcast, eight or nine minutes, where we answer people's questions. And to my amazement, it's gone gangbusters. You know, we get millions of downloads. We're at the top of the Apple podcast list. We trend. I don't even know what trending means, but they tell me I'm, we're trending. So it, it's, it's enormously popular, and it just feeds this enormous need people have for independent information about this pandemic because everybody's got questions, and there's lots of them. Well, so thank you for joining us today. Thank you for everything uh, you've done in advising the whole of Australia on health issues for so many years. And let's just jump into the questions sure. if we could. And uh, So I'll just start. These are the questions our team really have raised that are most on their minds. Uh, and I've got 10 questions to ask. Uh, the first was just the signs and symptoms of coronavirus or COVID-19. Well, they are a little bit different from the common cold. So I, I want to be a little bit careful here because we're going to get to a point in Australia where everybody with symptoms should be tested. We're not there yet because we don't have the facilities and the resources to do it. But eventually everybody's going to get it. And the reason you do that, just as a little bit of a, you know, a, a, a helicopter view of this, is that 50% of people who infect other people don't have any symptoms. That's because you are infectious before the symptoms come out. And some people get no symptoms at all. Um, and so it, it's important to actually at least start by checking everybody who's got symptoms. But there are features of COVID-19 that raise the alarm bells that it might actually be COVID-19. So people with COVID-19, they have a fever. They often have a dry cough. They tend to get muscle aches and pains often in the back. About one in three people will develop loss of taste and loss of smell. And so if you've got somebody who's got fever, dry cough and loss of taste and smell, you've got COVID-19 until proven otherwise. And most GPs these days would actually test you. Sore throat is actually not a prominent feature of COVID-19. Doesn't mean to say you've not got it, but it's not up there on the, on, the, on the lists. So you've got a fever, like I had last week, I had a fever, a bit of a cough, but not much of one, and a sore throat. I kind of thought it wasn't COVID-19, but I went and got tested anyway, because it could have been. Um, you can't be sure. But those tend to be the symptoms, fever, dry cough, 
Fatigue, that's the other one. People get really profound fatigue um, and this loss of taste are the, up there in the high percentage symptoms. Thank you, Norman. And I think just on the topic of temperature checking, I should make everyone aware in this video, we are working to make sure we have the ability to do temperature checks, not only at our DCs and CFCs, but at all of the stores across Woolworths Group. So a lot more work to be done on that. But the temperature um, measurements are coming into store and we'll start trialling them and figure out how we give our team the option to be tested before they start work or during work so that they can know whether they have a temperature and then we're there to support them if they feel they need to go and do a COVID-19 test. Uh, question two, how is the virus spread and how long does it stay on surfaces? This is a big issue, as you might Huge. imagine, it's for our team in store in particular. The commonest way it spreads is, and this is why we're standing six feet apart, is droplets from your respiratory tract. So you're breathing out, coughing or sneezing out droplets, and I'm in close, relatively close contact with you, and I catch the droplets. You can also catch it from surfaces. There's no question about that, uh, but it's less common. Mm. And, um, and the, 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 the thing about surfaces is that's where hand hygiene comes in. You touch it, you don't wash your hands, you touch your face, and it gets in through your eyes, through your nose, and through your mouth. So it's droplets. Now, people, there have been studies done about how long the virus lasts on different surfaces. They're a bit artificial, and we also know something from the SARS epidemic back in the early 2000s, which was a different kind of epidemic, but a, a, a cousin of this virus. So we know from the studies that have been done that on plastic and glass, and probably stainless steel, it lasts up to three days. So it's quite a long time. The good news is that it, it, it actually declines very quickly. So you can still detect it on, on plastic, glass, and steel but it's in the first few hours it goes down to very low numbers. But in theory, after three days, you could actually still catch it. Cardboard, which is good news for supermarkets, cardboard and paper looks much shorter. So about a day, and, um, and again, it declines very quickly. So you know, let's assume, for example, somebody stacking shelves has got COVID-19, which is what customers might be concerned about, could, or even other stackers who are fiddling around with the shelves, you know, it, it, there's not very much left uh, after a few hours, but it's, it certainly could be there after a day. It just emphasizes the fact you, you're not going to catch it from breathing in near, a piece, near some cardboard packaging from a box of cornflakes, but you could, in theory, get it from the cardboard, which means that constant hygiene, hand hygiene, not touching your face, washing your hands afterwards. Um, we'll come back, maybe we'll come back to gloves and masks in a minute, but the, the, it's touch. Then the question is, what about the air? So in this experiment that they did, it seemed to hover in the air for about three hours. It can actually sit in there for quite a while. And there's also been another study, this is gonna sound completely disgusting, but when you actually sneeze or cough, you expel this very turbulent air, and that kind of cloud, you can't see it, sits in the air for quite a while and makes the virus live longer. So that's why you don't want to be anywhere near somebody who's coughing and sneezing and why you do it into your elbow because that cloud that comes out, you in theory could walk through it and, and catch it. So it's probably easier to catch it through the air than people think. And if you're outdoors and jogging, joggers are really breathing in and out really hard. If a jogger, if you're jogging, and by the way, exercise is really good and it's really good for upper respiratory symptoms. Uh, but if you're out jogging, avoid people probably by more than the six feet, by the two meters. And if somebody's 
jogging towards you, just <laughs> just go onto the grass, uh, go onto the grass a bit. So social distancing that we talk about, which is really spatial distancing, is the single most important thing that we can do to reduce this epidemic. Um, and that is about droplets in the air and catching them. No, thank you. And I, I, I do want to reinforce the, the social distancing point, which I think is a very important point. And a lot of initiatives going on in our stores to, to help our customers and our team with that. We'll come back to gloves, but hopefully everyone is aware we've really upped our cleaning regimes in our stores to try and limit uh, limit risk there and of course it's why we've got the hand sanitizer rollout for team and for customers. Question three though, coming on to the topic of gloves, do gloves or face masks prevent the spreading of COVID-19? So let's take gloves first. The problem with gloves is it gives people a false sense of security. There's nothing different from a glove than from your hand and so if you touch something that's got COVID-19 virus on it and then touch your face. There's nothing magical about a glove. You'll still transmit it. And you're less likely to wash your hands with a glove. So you, you, it's different if you're a healthcare worker wearing full protective gear, testing somebody, because after you've seen that person, you are actually going to take off all your gear, throw it in the bucket, and put it on a new set. So gloves in the healthcare setting, you change it with every contact. You can't do that in a store. So the, the safest, I believe, the safest thing is not to wear gloves and to wash your hands or hand sanitizer regularly so that you, you've touched something, sanitize. Touch something, sanitize. And sanitize immediately so because everybody touches their face. As soon as I talk about touching your face, I'm itchy and I want to touch it. So you, you've got to really do the hand sanitizer. Now, masks are a bit controversial and an interesting thing. So if we all wore masks all the time, forget about in-store or whatever, there would be less transmission of COVID-19 virus. And that's because there are a lot of people walking around either with symptoms or they don't have symptoms and they can transmit the virus without knowing it. There are not many of them around, but the reason you wear masks is not to protect yourself, but it's to protect other people in case you've got the virus and you don't know it. Um, but, the, but the problem is we don't have enough masks in Australia to supply general practitioners, nurses, doctors, police, ambulance, all the people who need surgical masks or N95 masks, there aren't enough at the moment to go around. So if we were to unlock the, the floodgates on this, because a lot of people have got to wear a lot of masks for a lot of time for one infection to be saved. So would it be beneficial? Now, in store, I think it's just, it's up to you know, supermarkets to come up with their own policies on this. Um, it might be reassuring for customers if staff wear masks. It's not going to necessarily protect staff from, you know, in other words, if people walk in with COVID-19, you can't force customers to wear masks. So wearing a mask might protect you a little bit from somebody else, but really it's to protect other people. And so this is about availability. And then, then, you, then people say, well, what about cloth masks? I can make my own or I can wear a scarf or, my, or a bandana. Even people are wearing thongs over their heads. You know, so it's, you know, people wear anything. There was a research project done in Vietnam, which I had on my health report program last week, where they, with healthcare workers, because in a resource poor environment, they got healthcare workers to wear cloth masks versus surgical masks. And the people wearing the cloth masks had an increased risk of infection, increased risk. And it's because they got wet and absorbed the infection and got it into their bodies. So the you know, cloth masks, it depends what you, wear, what you make them of. Apparently, 
I don't want to have a run on vacuum cleaner bags, but apparently vacu the, the material that vacuum cleaner bags is made for is okay because it doesn't get wet. It doesn't get wet. It, it's relatively waterproof. You don't want you don't want to wear a disposable nappy, um, which is probably good so we don't get a run, run of disposable nappies. We're, we're short on nappies, so that's good. That's we're very good because they absorb water. It would not be a good idea. Um, but things like vacuum cleaner bags, but it, it's of low benefit. Um, you know, and it may give reassurance to customers. And if staff want to wear it. They're not going to do any harm. Thank you. And I think just from where we stand right now on both of those topics, we have been clear to our team we've left them with the option to wear gloves and masks if they feel that they would like to. And we've uh, now have really driven a lot of supply of gloves into our business and we're working very hard on making sure we've got enough masks for our team because if they are going to wear them, they do need to rotate them, as you've rightly pointed out, with, uh, with pretty high regularity. Otherwise, it could pose more risks than less yeah, risks. Yeah, we get and, and the other thing, sorry to interrupt, Brad, no, is not at all. it's not an excuse to break this rule of social distancing. Yes. Um, you, you're not necessarily making yourself all that much safer. So social distancing still applies. I think that's the key point. Uh, but see more from our team in the next week on the topic of gloves and masks. So the next question I had was, how do I know if I'm in a vulnerable group? Now, Norman, you may know I live at uh, Bondi Beach, and I'm told that's one of the hotspots of Sydney. So by definition, I'm in a hotspot. Yeah. Uh, but I'm 55. I'm trying to exercise as best I can. Am, am I vulnerable? Um, look, everybody is vulnerable. So the highest transmission group in Australia are the 20 to 29-year-olds. Children, not so much. In influenza, children are big spreaders, but they're about 10% of the spread. 20 to 29-year-olds are big spreaders. They don't get very sick. But if you look at the American data, Italian, Spanish data, when you get people coming into intensive care units, there are lots of young people coming into intensive care units, and some of those are dying. And they don't necessarily have risk factors like heart disease and diabetes. There's, it's very hard to actually work out what puts one person at risk and not another. The other risk is age. So the older you are, the higher risk you are of more severe disease. And let's put it into perspective. 100 people get COVID-19. 85 are going to be fine. Maybe even 90 are going to be fine. And between 5 and 10 end up in hospital, with like Boris Johnson at the moment, the British Prime Minister. And then maybe about half of those, so 25 to 5%, end up in intensive care. And if you end up in intensive care, the news is not that good. There's a quite a high mortality rate. But the people who are more likely to end up in intensive care are older, they've got heart disease, they've got diabetes, and so on. But age is the strongest risk factor. Question five, is hand washing or sanitizer better or safer for you? The best thing is soap and water. And the reason, and it could be soapless detergent as well, as long as yep. it's detergent. Um, because detergent, whether it's soap or soap-based or not, has surfactant in it which breaks down fat. So the foaming that you get breaks down fat and the, the virus is surrounded in fat. It holds it together. So what soap does, it actually kills the virus by getting rid of the fat around the virus. So soap is actually the most infective thing. And you know everybody watching this knows the story, washing your hands in between your fingers up into your wrists and do it for 20 seconds, whichever way you want to do it, by happy birthday or whatever the story might be. So it's got to be quite a long time. Now, hand sanitizers is good too, but it's got to be 70% alcohol-based. Um, it's not, you know, you can't have some organic eucalyptus oil stuff or sorbeline stuff. It's got to be 70% alcohol-based, and then you wipe it on, and you don't wipe it off, you let it dry on your skin. 
um, that's the key with hand sanitizer. And, and equally also if you're actually spraying alcohol on surfaces to disinfect them, you let the alcohol dry. Um, because that process of letting it sit there for a while is really important. So you don't spray it on and suddenly wipe it off. I think it's a really good point. And I know Claire Peters in particular in our businesses said you've got to sing happy birthday twice. My Correct. daughter actually uh, timed me to make sure I washed my hands for 30 seconds, which I found was a very long time, actually. You're a very slow singer, if I might say so. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, I'm a bad singer as well. Uh, just going on to the next question. Uh, should I still get the flu vaccine? Actually, I've just had it, I should add. I had it last Wednesday to set the right tone inside Woolworths, but is it worthwhile getting the flu vaccine? There's absolutely no question about this. Everybody must be getting the flu vaccine this season. Um, and there are a, a few reasons for this. And before I say the few reasons, independent and also, also independent of whether we're going through this COVID-19 pandemic, any, member, any female member of staff in Woolworths who's pregnant should actually be immunized against influenza at any time of the year, in season or not, because you want to be immunized because getting influenza when you're pregnant is, is not good news for the woman or for the baby. So pregnancy, independent of COVID-19, you get yourself immunized as soon as you know you're pregnant. Obviously take the advice of your obstetrician on this, but that's what you need to do. Everybody should do it. Two, two or three reasons. One is you don't want to get COVID-19 and the flu at the same time. That would be bad news. Equally, you don't want to, you can prevent the flu. And some people with the seasonal flu do get very sick and some people die. And you could end up in an emergency department which is full of people with COVID-19 and they can't look after you with your flu. So it's another way of actually pulling back and making yourself as safe as possible. Now, for Aboriginal members of staff and for older members of staff who are over 65, um, you can get a, 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 an immunization called pneumococcal vaccine, which is against bacterial pneumonia. And you should get that too. And anybody can have pneumococcal vaccine. It's just that if you're not in those categories, you have to pay for it. But that would be a good idea too, because that's a, um, a complication that you can get from influenza. So no question, get immunized. And I should add, uh, we have been working very hard on making sure every team member of Woolworths will have the option of getting the vaccine, uh, the flu vaccine done. We've already sourced uh, 70,000 uh, opportunities to do that and we're working with Terry White chemists to provide that option to all That's of great. our team so expect more on that in the next week so I've done it uh, most of the people in the support office have and we're really trying to make sure everyone at Woolworths has the option of doing it going on to question uh, question eight uh, seven sorry how dangerous is handling cash or customers bags in a store the risk from contact with surfaces is much much lower than the droplet contact yeah. So if you've got the Perspex screen and you're at a distance, and I've noticed when I go to my local Woolies that they're getting you to pack your own bags, and I think that's a really good idea. Not always possible, but um, so I'm packing my own bag and I understand why, and that's a good thing to do. So the staff seem to be minimizing the touch just to products and bags. But if, again, if you do, the risk is low, and just have hand sanitizer nearby, and after every customer, make sure you rub your hands in hand sanitizer. Well, I think what we're definitely doing is encouraging people to do tap and go with their card if possible. And we've actually got MasterCard and Amex to lift the limit to $200, so you only have to put the pin in by exception. Uh, and as you rightly point out, we've got customers to pack their own bags, in particular when they bring their own bag to the store, where they buy a bag and we can help them, we, we will continue to do that. Just moving to the next question. Uh, one from our team. I served a customer who told me they should be in self-isolation. Do I need to go to the doctor? Yes. 
What a terrible thing to say to somebody. So what does that mean? Uh, you know, does that mean that I'm, in, I'm supposed to be in quarantine because my cousin came back from overseas? Yeah. Or does it mean that I'm in contact with somebody with COVID-19? It doesn't actually mean anything for you. It's important to know so that if you come out, so you don't need to quarantine yourself because, so, I mean, if somebody says that to you, what I would say to them is, so have you got COVID-19? Have you, have you got a positive swab? That's the important question to ask. Yep. Yep. And to say, no, no, it's because I'm in, you know, I'm in quarantine because I've got, I'm just back from New York or something like that, then that's fine. But I really think staff should, if somebody, it's unusual to be said, that to be said to you, yep. but if it is said to you, simply ask them, excuse me for asking, but I just need to know, are you COVID-19 positive? I did a positive swab. And they say, no, I had it and I'm negative. It, it's fine. But if somebody said that to you and three or four days later you develop a cold, you should remember that what it is and you should go off and get tested. Absolutely. And of course, we've got a procedure in store. If it does happen, then we, we ask our team to report it to the store manager so we can log it with the health authorities. Question nine. We've got these Perspect checkout screens that you've talked about. Uh, do they help keep us safe? I think they do. I mean, it won't be proven, but they're, um, from what I've seen in supermarkets, they're big, they're comprehensive, and there's very little way that droplets could actually um, escape them. You know, it's going to be a fairly physical barrier. If you look at the PPE equipment that people use in hospitals, they're increasingly using Perspex masks. So, and effectively, it's a close quarter version of the screen. You know, logic would have to say that that is a really good thing to prevent um, droplets going in either direction. Thank you. It was actually inspired in our business by what we saw in Italian supermarkets and then what we saw in Canadian supermarkets. So we've all been trying to collaborate and learn. But I do find the Perspex glass a very interesting one yeah. because that seems to be the next generation and it's something we're going to log and consider going forward. Yeah. So okay. it's, 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 not, it's far more than cosmetic. I mean, some things you do might be to you'll show that you are doing something, but that's more than cosmetic. That's actually a physical barrier that's a good thing to do. And we're actually rolling them out, also testing them between our self-checkouts at the moment. So we'll actually start rolling them out across our, between our checkouts as well. Right. Final question, number 10. Norman, what is your local Woolworths? Well, I've got both uh, your competitor and you, and I, you know, I like to spread my, my gifts around. Thank you, Dr. Norman Swan, for all of your advice. Uh, you'll see a lot more information coming via your Chrono Cross programs, which we'll make available uh, to our team. But thank you for your thoughtfulness and everything you do for all of us and by your work with the ABC. Thank you very much. You're welcome.